everybody, how's it going? Welcome to the Geekening Podcast, your source for all things geek. Hope you guys had a good week. Uh, we have a special guest on our show today. If you guys are fans of D&D, then this might be a good podcast to listen to because um, our guest here is actually into D&D herself. Um, an immaculate vibe slinger. Uh, she formerly was with Game Informer, and now she has a um, a D and D uh, kind of campaign that she's working on right now. Uh, let me introduce you to our guest, uh, known as Yanir. How are you doing in here? Hi, I'm great. How about you? I'm great, great. Uh, I have actually played D&D myself. Um, it's been a long time since I played D&D, but um, every time I play, I always it's always been a good experience, especially when you're playing with you know people you know, uh, either family members or just uh, you know friends. It's uh, it's it's always a good time uh, playing D&D. Um, which I'm sure you have always been uh, into yourself. Uh, how did you get into D&D? It's only really actually been since 20... Wait, when did we start? 2017, I think. Okay, that's um, fairly recent. Yeah, my DM, um, he is actually his first time... DMing and wanted to just like get back into sort of creative writing stuff and decided that running a D&D campaign would be a fun way to do it and so we started in I think March 2017 and we've been playing twice a week since then. Uh, how many uh, campaigns have you done? Um, I'm in two, so we're in two uh, with that main um so that DM runs two different, like, concurrent campaigns that exist in the same world and have sometimes interacted with each other. Um, and half the players in one campaign are also in the other, so we kind of play two characters and we play on Sundays and Tuesdays. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so uh, why don't you tell a bit about what you are working on uh uh, if you guys don't know, uh, she is running a Patreon page, uh, trying to create a kind of, um, I, I guess you can say kind of like a, Make I guess like a, mer yeah, like a dice kind of thing. I'm trying to find uh, a better word to describe it, uh, lack of a better term, uh, dice. Uh, so tell me, what, um, what got you into uh, starting that? Um, when, so my love language is gift giving <laughs> and, um, in 2019, in early spring, I wanted to gift my DM a set of dice that looked like black opal, um, because black opal is like a very thematic, um, it's, it's a very, um, meaningful, like thematic part of our game. Um, and it was really hard to find any, it turns out dice aren't made out of actual opal because it's it's a very like fractious mineral 
um, gemstone and it like would crack if you tried to roll it and it hit the wrong way. So I've discovered like resin dice. There were only a couple of people really making and selling resin dice at the time, handmade resin dice. And one of them looked a lot like what I wanted. It looked like black opal and I was like, oh my God, this is it. Um, but then I found it very difficult to get my hands on a set and was introduced to, you know, the realities that handmade dice are, um, at least at the time, in fairly short supply because they take a really long time to make and they were in very high demand. Uh, so I wasn't able to buy them because I was always too slow. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, well, I guess I will start learning how to make them myself then. If I can't buy what I want, I'll make what I want. I've been like an artist and a crafter my entire life. So I was like, I can do this. I can figure this out. And so I did research on how to do it. Got all of the materials that I would need and uh, gave it a shot. And I, I posted some of the early results, some of which were better than others. Um, on my Instagram and eventually started getting, you know, a little bit better at it and the dice looked a little more artful and put together and I don't know, a lot of people kept asking me like, hey, are these for sale? Hey, are these for sale? And I was like, well, no, these are just gifts for my D&D &D party. But then once I gave them the their gifts, I was like, well, I might as well keep making them. If people want to buy them, I, I do want to keep making them. And I... I only need so many dice. <laughs> so that's how kind of how it started. That's great. Like being able to turn a hobby into something that everyone else can enjoy. Um, especially when it comes to something like D&D, &D, where uh, you don't see a lot of stores, you know, like local stores that are selling this kind of stuff. Like I know a few like right around my neighborhood that actually has that but you know if you go to you know other other places it's pretty hard to come by unless you have to look it up on google to see where the closest one is so what you're doing it's uh it's pretty amazing um you said you you got into uh crafting uh prior to this uh what what other stuff have you uh have you worked on uh, before uh, creating dice? Um, I, I was co a cosplayer for many, many, many years. Um, I think since like 2003, um, I'd been cosplaying. So I had my, you know, dabbled in just about every kind of like crafting fabrication methods uh, that there are. And I had done a little bit of resin work, but nothing, you know, to this on this scale dice dice making is like the hard mode of resin crafting uh it's very like small meticulous detail like oriented kind of stuff and the stuff i had done before wasn't nearly so much that um but i had done you know a lot of sewing i've done embroidery beading um working with leather um like warbla and thermoplastics, sculpting, um, yeah, all that kind of stuff. That's cool. Uh, but what what uh, what what have you cosplayed as? 
if you don't mind me asking? Oh man. Um, so I guess I'll go from my most recent because those are the ones I remember for a long time. Uh, Vexalia from Critical Role, um, Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn, Yennefer from uh, her Witcher 3 costume. Um, I have a Fallout Vault Dweller, uh, Lara Croft from Rise of the Tomb Raider, uh, Commander Shepard from Mass Effect, like wow. the end of the third game version where she's like post Reaper beam run and totally beat up and her armor's falling off and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Uh, that was pretty fun. Um... Um, the motorized Patriot from Bioshock Infinite, which is the like giant George Washington yeah. robotic death machine thing with a Gatling gun. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a big undertaking. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, I loved it though; it was so fun. I don't do it as much anymore. Uh, I'm kind of getting my art and craft fix from what I do full time now. <laughs> Got it. Was that hard walking around in that? The Patriot? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's got those big flag wings that stick out, and so I had to, like, shimmy sideways through most doors. <laughs> yeah, because I always wondered, like, I, I know, I've seen cosplayers, uh, you know, take on, like, these big, um, uh, you know, these big characters from whether it's a video game or an anime, uh, trying to, you know, fit that all in. Usually it takes... Uh, two people to you know handle something like that sometimes it could just be one person but i always applaud them for you know for their creativity and being able to you know walk you know in a big costume like that all over a convention but that just uh, blows my mind <laughs> so uh, i don't know if it's so much oh you... gosh sorry yeah. no go ahead Oh, I'd say I don't know if I so much have the stamina for that anymore. <laughs> Any co uh, convention I go to now, it's like I maybe bring one costume and it's less challenging to wear. Yeah, yeah, I understand. So uh, going back to the dice, uh, so um, what, what what kind of work uh, goes into that? Like, do do you uh, look at the designs or like do you create your own or like when it comes to like making uh a specific order like uh what what um what what kind of uh work goes into that so as far as like the actual production process um i have 3d i have 3d printed masters that i hand sand and polish and then create molds from them myself um uh, with silicone um uh, and then those are the molds that I use to pour my resin in, and I cast in a cast, and then you know once they're fully cured, I demold them, and then there is a process of like sanding down any imperfections or um, sprue marks, uh, and then gradually going you know higher and higher grit, and then a final polish, and then inking. Um, but in terms of designs, um, the vast majority of my designs, I think there's really only like a handful of exceptions, um, are based off of events, 
places and characters in my home D&D campaign. Um, the campaign is, I mean, it started as my source of inspiration when I first started making dice, and it still is to this day. It's kind of an endless font of, like, ideas and inspiration, because it's, you know, it's a really good game. Our campaign is awesome. And things are described, you know, physically described in such a way that, like, I can often go, yeah, I, ex I know exactly what that would look like interpreted in dice. Um, and I take very, very detailed and copious notes during our game. I'm like our lore keeper, <laughs> who, who, who is the one you always go to when you have a question about whatever happened. Um, and so I often will like just go back to my notebooks when I'm trying to think of a new design. Um, I'll go back and be like, who, who did we meet interesting? Who did we meet lately who was really interesting? Or like, what have we seen lately? And I'll look at the materials I have and, and see what I can sort of reinterpret into the form of dice based on, you know, what we've been doing in the game. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how, how, like where, where do you get most of your ideas from? Like, any inspiration? But it seems like you're, you're getting all these ideas just from just playing the game, which I feel like that's um, kind of a great way to, you know, kind of, you know, bounce off ideas, uh, you know, especially for something like this. Like, that's that's amazing. Also a great way to make sure that you're not just, like, looking at what other people are doing and right. trying to replicate it. Um, that's never really been my style. I don't particularly like that. Or, like, having my art just be, you know, a, a slightly different version of what someone else is doing. And so it's it's... It helps you, it helps me stay like creative and my like keep my ideas unique and different. What, uh, what, what was your character on DD, uh, if you don't want me asking? So I have two. Um, I have Yanir, which is <laughs> what my uh, go to business name ended up being. She is a uh, she's multi-classed, ar arcane trickster rogue, and a homebrewed subclass of wizard called Weaveform Artificer. Um, it's before this was made before the Artificer class was released for Five E, so we kind of had to like. It's, it's it's like a halfway between a wizard and an artificer. It's like, it's really unique and super fun, and very fitting for her character. And she's a tiefling. Oh, nice. Um, and then my other character is Isla, and she is a wood elf druid of the Circle of Life and Death. And that's a homebrew um, druid subclass that I found on, I think, CM's Guild. Um, it's basically like a necrobotanist, <laughs> like a necrodruid. Um, yeah, that sounds like something like, uh, like out of, uh, I guess, like a, kind of like a like an earth dweller or something like that. Very like death and rebirth cycle, um, energy transference. Like when, when basically her kind of shtick is that at the moment a creature dies, she can like use a reaction to rapidly decompose them and use that um, massive like burst of energy from ra the rapid decomposition and transfer it to someone else and heal them. 
that's one of the abilities anyway. She can do a few different things at the moment someone dies, but what she does most is heal her friends when a creature dies. Oh, wow. That, that's impressive. Yeah, it's a good amount of healing, too, on a reaction especially. It's, it's a really fun subclass. So how many do you have on your uh, on your uh, D&D session? Like, uh, you mentioned you and another person. Uh, like, how many is in your group? Uh, we have, both campaigns have six players plus DM. And how, how do you guys play? Do you guys play uh, via stream or in person? Um, I'm guessing like stream. Oh, in person, okay. Yeah, yeah at the at the dm's house um during so when the pandemic hit though we made the switch to streaming yeah uh, or not streaming i guess we weren't streaming it we were playing over discord with roll 20 okay um but it's it is a private game it's not like publicly streamed right 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 um but once we all got vaccinated we're like okay let's make a return to the table and go back to playing in person because we're all local Oh, that's 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 good too, having everybody yeah. close by. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when did you guys go back to uh, doing it in person? I think it might have been early June. I think is when everybody finally got was like past the two weeks after their second shot. Okay, so this past summer, early June. Got yeah. you. So. Um, I know D&D has become, you know, kind of big, you know, recently uh, for the past few years. You know, we have stuff like uh, Critical Role playing a big um, a big role, a lack of where harm of, you know, bringing uh, D&D back, you know, to the masses. And then we also have, you know, shows like, uh, like you know, like Stranger Things, of course, that kind of uh, brought that back into the fold as well. Um do, do, do you see that as an impact for uh, bringing, you know, a game like this back to the fold? Oh, I mean, undoubtedly Critical Role and shows like it, like, you know, The Adventure Zone also was yes. a huge one. Um, massive, massive impact on on the rapid, profound expansion of the D&D player base. Um, I don't think that's yeah, that that can't even be up for debate. That's definitely Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> They're like massive phenomena um in the space. So Have you uh have you have you checked out some of the new content they put up? Uh which one? Uh for Critical Role. I, I I know they're doing um I think they're doing like kind of a spin-off series based on one of the campaigns they worked on previously. Oh, they did Exandria Unlimited, yeah, yeah. where they um, introduced some new players, and they also had Abria doing their um, DMing instead of Matt Mercer, and that was a player instead. Uh, yeah, I watched that. I didn't finish it. I, It's in my queue. I need to finish it, uh, especially since I'm, like, I'm watching Campaign 3 right now right. as it comes out and, like, keeping up with it, and I know there's definitely going to be some... There's like references. There's even characters that were from Exandria Unlimited. So, I oh, think I, sure. I think I only have like one or one and a half episodes left to watch. 
I will get around to it. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I'm I'm kind of on the same boat. I still have got to catch up on that too as well. Uh, um, I think I got through probably half halfway halfway into it, but uh, I still have yet to, you know, catch up to uh, what they're doing right now. So um, hopefully, I'll get up to that soon. Um. So, uh, if anyone wants to check out Yanir's uh, Patreon page, uh, there's a couple of memberships that uh, you guys can be a part of. Uh, I don't know if you want to maybe talk a bit about that, uh, what, um, what you're offering on your Patreon page. Sure. Um, so, I, th I have a few different tier options. Um... There's, you know, the $1 a month, just, you know, support because you want to um, and see exclusive posts and stuff um, at the $5 a month um, adventure tier, you get access to, which in what, in my opinion, is the best part, which is our Discord server. Um, it's an amazing community in there. Just like genuinely awesome, nice, supportive, kind incredible people um they are what got me through this pandemic like hands down the community that was built there um and then at the ten dollar year which is the hero tier things start to get pretty cool if you're interested in buying dice because at that point you get access to um the exclusive patron exclusive portion of my dice restocks and you also get a pretty hefty discount on dice, which is like 30%. And considering that um, the non-patron price point for a set of dice is averages about $220, 30% um, is a, it's nothing to sneeze at. So um, on sale days, I will have, like when I restock my shop, I will have two different launch times. Um, one will be the early like patron exclusive one where the patrons get to vote on which sets go into that exclusive section just for them to get um and then half an hour after that is generally when i open it up to the public section um it's it, it helps to give the patrons sort of two bites at the apple two shots at it because things go really fast um the dice tend to sell out within a few minutes. Um, sometimes there's a handful of things left. Um, like right now, there's two like palette sets left in in my shop and like a couple pieces of jewelry, but that's pretty rare. So they get some some good perks. And then the legend tier is the twenty dollar month tier, and they get access to something called the suggestion box where there's like a monthly design prompt um contest and you can submit pictures of like i want to see a dice i want to see this picture or this you know it could be anything it doesn't have to be pictures um some work uh presented or um interpreted in dice form and then all of the patrons vote at the end of the month on which one they want to see win and then the person who suggested that winning design gets a free set of dice in the design they suggested and then the um 
I, I make two sets, one for them and then one that goes into the patron sale so the patrons can buy one. And then the last one is the Divinity tier. That one's $30 and that one, you get everything that the other ones get too, um, but you also get access to um, auctions, monthly patron exclusive auctions. And those can get pretty competitive. Um, but I like to give folks who, you know, are dead set on something, they absolutely want a set of dice. <laughs> there is there is a surefire way to do it if you if you want to jump into an auction. Oh man, that's that's cool. I, I was actually looking at your stuff on your Twitter page and uh, looking at the the work you've done, they they, they look like really well crafted and um, I, I just like the designs of uh, each of the dice that you've made so far. Like, I, I haven't seen something like that's, you know, well, well made. And uh, I don't know, it makes me think of maybe, maybe I should get a set too. <laughs> I'll absolutely. Um, so uh, before I let you go, uh, so can you tell me uh, what, um, what other stuff that you're working on or about to you know, work on, you know, uh, you know, either, you know, between now and, you know, what, I, I guess, you know, for the next couple, couple months, uh, anything that, uh, our uh, listeners should know? Um, there is a cool new type of, like, dice design, a glyphic design that Ooh. I am working on um, in partnership with Level Up Dice, but it has not been shown yet. It's not, uh, it's still in progress, so we're not quite there yet, um, but I'm really excited to see what I can make with that, and I am very slowly but surely actually working on um, a deck of many things that I'm designing which is an artifact um, in D&D that is pretty legendary and also terrifying if you ever encounter it. Um, but a lot of DMs like to use, you know, actual decks right. um, of the cards to, to play with when they introduce one to their, to their players. And I just had like sort of a burst of uh, inspiration for an art style last year that I wanted to, um, or not last year, but earlier this year that I wanted to start making a deck of many things with. And I'm, it's a lot of cards, so it's taken a while, but I'll get there eventually. Well, I mean, I can't wait to see those uh, whenever, whenever that those come out. I guess. Um, so uh, tell listeners how can they find you. So I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, all under the exact same handle. It's at, or underscore, Y-A-N-I-I-R, underscore. <laughs> That's at Yanir, but with, yeah, an underscore at the front and the back. Great. And also my website, Yanir.com. Of course. Same spelling. Put in that plug. Um... And uh, if you guys want to check out uh, her Patreon page, it's uh, patreon.com slash Yanir, Y-A-N-I-I-R. 
Uh, you guys can check out all what she has to offer on Patreon. But um, other than that, Yunir, uh, it's a pleasure talking to you. Uh, it's um, good luck with uh, all the future projects that you got going on and also with uh, your dice business as well. And um, hopefully we'll get to play maybe some, you know, maybe a campaign one day. Awesome. Thank you. All right, guys. Talking to you. Yeah, likewise. Uh, so make sure you guys uh, check out all we got to offer on allagesofgeek.com and uh, check out all our other podcasts uh, right on our website. Uh, this is Mustin of Geekening, and we will check you guys out next time. Hey, what's up, geeks? It is Matt coming to you once again to let you know that without your support on Patreon and in the comments, we really can't do any of this. We are an entirely community-supported operation. And, uh, well, you're our community. So, you stay weird, you stay wonderful, we'll catch you next time.